Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the pastoral epistles with part two of this sermon entitled, God's Order in the Home and in the Church. Preach April the 19th, 2015. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Titus chapter 2, verse 6. So we are talking about order in the home and the church. And this is part two. The steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. We are to live an ordered life. As God's people, we are to live according to the kingdom principle. So we'll speak to you how younger men in the church and home should conduct themselves. How should a pastor live his life? And how should slaves, workers, servants must work? In the kingdom of God, everyone lives under the rule and order of our great king. Jesus Christ, our Lord. We read in Colossians 1, For he has rescued us from the dominion, rule, authority of darkness, and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. Therefore, we hear and do the will of our King, Lord Jesus Christ. As revealed in the scriptures. All the following ones live orderly lives in the home and in the church. Older men, older women, younger women, younger men, pastors and Christian slaves or employees or servants. The pastoral epistles, 1st and 2nd Timothy and Titus. Emphasize the reality of the preaching of the true gospel, but also the reality of holy living of God's people. The gospel must be practiced. Good doctrine produces good works in the life of God's elect. How do we know that you are God's people? Very simple answer. You obey God. That's it. Before you obeyed the devil. Every unbeliever. Obeys the devil 24-7. And God's people. Obey God. There is no third way of living. A Christian. Is born of the Holy Spirit. He is a new creation created in Christ Jesus for good works, for obedience. So we read in 2 Corinthians 5, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and new has come. Or Galatians 6, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is a new creation, a new heart person. 
through our holy living we make the gospel of God our savior attractive to the world in Jesus Christ we are the light of the world we are for the glory of God we bear witness to our Lord Jesus by our holy life and speaking the holy gospel to the people of the world so the epistle of Titus especially emphasizes obedience good works here we read in Titus 2.14 Jesus Christ gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify to himself a people that are his very own eager zealous to do what is good Paul speaks of the same thing in Ephesians 5 for you were once darkness but now you are light in the Lord live as children of light for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness righteousness and truth and find out what pleases the Lord have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness but rather expose them so first the Christian conduct of the younger men in the home and in the church verse 6 the younger men were generally 20 to 30 years of age so we read in 1st Timothy 5 do not rebuke an older man harshly but exhort him as if he were your father treat younger men as brothers older women as mothers and younger women as sisters with absolute purity Peter says in 1 Peter 5 young men in the same way be submissive to those who are older so Paul tells Titus to exhort younger men of the church to be sober minded to be self controlled they are to exercise discretion they are to act with wisdom they are not to act like a wild stallion driven by lust making foolish decisions as believers they are to be spirit filled word filled and Christ controlled they must exercise self control which is a fruit of the Holy Spirit the self controlled life is a word controlled spirit controlled and Christ controlled life such a person is not impulsive he is a serious student of the Bible he refuses to conform to the world he is transformed in his mind 
by the light of the gospel he listens to the word to do the will of god the wisdom of the word not world the wisdom of the word governs all his decisions and deeds so we read in psalm 119 how can a young man keep his way pure by living according to your word proverbs 17 the fear of the lord is the beginning of knowledge but fools despise wisdom and discipline proverbs 3 my son preserve sound judgment and discernment do not let them out of your sight they will be life for you and ornament to grace your neck then you will go on your way in safety and your foot shall not stumble and paul speaks to timothy in second timothy 3 and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in christ jesus so younger men are to take the yoke of jesus and learn wisdom from him the young men are to throw away the yoke of the devil that crush them the basic need of anger christian men is the master control like young samuel they say speak lord your servant is ready to hear and do as jesus did they are to grow up in wisdom and stature in favor with god and men they must have the biblical mind operating in all situations they face then whatever they do shall prosper as was the case of younger men like joseph joshua caleb josiah daniel the three hebrew children and above all jesus who always opposed the devil to obey his heavenly father so we read the one who sent me is with me he has not left me alone for i always do what pleases him the younger christian men of crete must vigorously oppose the wicked cretan culture for we read even one of their own prophets has said cretans are always liars evil brutes lazy gluttons though it is not stated plainly it is understood from chapter 2 4 and 5 these younger men worked hard to provide for their wives and children and they ruled their households with wisdom for the glory of god 
with self-control they rule their temper, their tongue, their ambition, their sexual urges. Did you know, sir, chastity before marriage and fidelity after it? With self-control, we must rule our temper and tongue and ambition and sexual urges and every kind of appetites. We must rule our spiritual laziness, our work life, financial life, and so on and so on. Disciplined life, sir. Second, Christian conduct of Pastor Titus. Therefore, all true ministers of the gospel. The pastor of Christ's holy orthodox apostolic church is required to show himself to be a model, tupos, of good works. He must be an example to all others in the church in piety and sound doctrine. My mother counseled me, quoting 1 Timothy 4.16, Son, watch your life and doctrine. Not doctrine and life, life first and doctrine. People must hear Titus preach and teach But they must also see him and his family live out the gospel in all areas of his life. And so we read, An elder must be blameless husband of but one wife, a man whose children believe and are not open to the charge of being wild and disobedient since an Overseer is entrusted with God's work. He must be blameless, not overbearing, not quick-tempered, not given to drunkenness, not violent, not pursuing dishonest gain. Rather, he must be hospitable, one who loves what is good, who is self-controlled, upright, holy, disciplined. He must hold firmly to the trustworthy message as it has been taught so that he can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Find such pastors and go to that church wherever you can find them. The first thing you look at is the pastor. In Matthew 23, Jesus condemns the teachers of the law and the Pharisees who sat in the seat of Moses. Jesus called them hypocrites, blind guides, blind fools, blind Pharisee, brood of vipers, meaning children of the devil. They did not practice what they preached. They did everything for a show. It was all an act. You go to the big churches. Everything is an act. From outside they looked beautiful. But inside like the tombs. They were full of dead men's bones. Stinging. They were like liberal ministers and televangelists and seeker-friendly church pastors of today seeking fame and fortune. 
Luke 3:7 through 9 read it better John the Baptist was a seeker friendly pastor God says be holy for I am holy the bible also says i am the lord who makes you holy and he makes every child of his holy if you are not holy and learned in the scriptures you are disqualified to be a minister of the gospel god from all eternity chose his people to be what's a holy and blameless and he will be made holy and blameless a pastor must be a model for others to imitate second thessalonians 3:9 we did this not because we do not have the right to such help but in order to make ourselves a model for you to follow philippians 3:17 join with others in following my example brothers and take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you 1 Timothy 4:12 Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young but set an example for believers in speech in life in love in faith in purity pastoral example and Titus is to do the same What about Jesus Ephesians 5 be imitators of God therefore as dearly loved children and live a life of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God and all believers are to live a life that others should imitate First Timothy 1 you became imitators of us and of the Lord in spite of severe suffering you welcomed the message with the joy given by the Holy Spirit and so you the believers became a model to all believers in Macedonia and Achaia and all delegated authorities must live an exemplary life husbands parents pastors employers magistrates supreme court justices and even presidents all people are to live by the word of god believers or unbelievers they must not be hypocrites thieves liars scoundrels pastor titus was to be a model of good works in the act of teaching he must show incorruptibility his motive ought to be the glory of god not enrich himself so paul says in second corinthians 2 unlike so many we do not peddle the word of god for profit On the contrary in Christ we speak before God with sincerity like men sent from God to tell you what to believe and what to do He must also show seriousness when he preaches and teaches he must do all things with dignity as an ambassador of Christ the King 
He must not be a joker or an entertainer. That doesn't mean he should look always dour and sour and miserable. He must be respected in the church. So we read Titus 2. These then are the things you should teach, encourage and rebuke with all authority. Do not let anyone despise you. The same he told Timothy, 1 Timothy 4, do not let anyone look down on you because you are young. But set an example for believers in speech, in life and so on. How can a pastor preach the wrath of God, sin, hell, judgment to come, the cross, forgiveness and so on unless he is serious? He must also be very sound. Very biblical as far as the contents of his preaching is concerned. He must preach the whole counsel of God. The whole Bible. The whole orthodox doctrine. He must preach the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Especially when the truth is very unpopular. He must not be a preacher of lies like liberalism, Barthianism, materialism, by which I mean making a lot of money and come to me with all your money, supposing that I will respect you. I will respect you when you get on your knees and call upon Jesus to save you. And when you pray the sinner's prayer. Materialism, Marxism, prosperity gospel, pluralism, universalism. He must not be a worshipper of science and technology. Don't come and tell me we are the most civilized people because we have a lot of technology. Show to me that technology led you love Jesus Christ. He must not show respect of persons. He must not be a money-seeking, power-seeking person. He must not add to or subtract from or misinterpret the very word of God. He must not be a preacher of the demonic liberation theology. He must preach the saving gospel of Jesus Christ. He must preach the absolute authority of the scripture. He must preach Jesus Christ crucified, risen and reigning Lord. The only savior and judge of the whole world. He must preach total depravity, unconditional election. Atonement for the elect only. Irresistible grace, perseverance of the saints. He must preach regeneration, repentance and faith, justification, adoption, sanctification, glorification, heaven and hell. He must preach holiness, evidencing one's salvation. Without holiness, no one shall see God. He must preach truth to silence the mouth of the enemies of the gospel so let me read to you Acts 4 
When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. Silence! And third, the Christian conduct of Christian slaves, workers, employees, and so on. In the New Testament church, there were many slaves. They were not freeloaders. In this country, they are destroying people by giving them free money, thus violating the biblical law that you must work six days a week. They worked very hard to support themselves. The Bible demands everyone to work six days. The Bible says, if a man will not work, he shall not eat. Nowhere the scripture says slavery was a sin. Not even in Paul's letter to Philemon. Yet, in due time, wherever the gospel preached, slavery disappeared, especially in the western world of Christian civilization. There exists slavery in other parts of the world today. Paul in Titus 2, 9 and 10 deals with slaves who were members of God's church. They were exhorted not on the basis of age or gender, but based on social status as slaves. All believers, friends, listen, all believers in Jesus Christ belong to God's holy family, whether slave or free. They are in Christ, brothers and sisters, and they love one another as God's beloved children. Colossians 3.11, St. Paul says, Here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all without any discrimination. Galatians 3.28 and 29, There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to promise. 1 Corinthians 7, 21 and 22. Were you a slave when you were called? Don't let it trouble you. Although if you can gain your freedom, do so. For he who was a slave when he was called by the Lord is the Lord's freed man. Similarly, he who was a free man, when he was called, he is Christ's slave. Friends, listen to this amazing thing about the gospel. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household. This mystery is that through the gospel the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body and sharers together in the promise of Christ Jesus. Titus is to instruct Christian slaves several things. Number one, to be obedient to their own masters in everything. 
This is in accordance with the Bible. In other words, the master is asking you to do something evil, you must refuse. As Peter and John did. But Peter and John replied, judge for yourselves whether it is right in God's sight to obey you rather than God. But we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. Keep your mouth shut. Don't speak about Jesus. They said we cannot do that. Second, they must be well pleasing to the masters in their service by even exceeding their expectation. Jesus was well pleasing to the father and the father said about Jesus, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Three, you are not to talk back to the masters being rebellious and defiant. Four, you are not to steal from the master as non-Christian slaves routinely did. So we read in the Bible, he who stole, let him steal no longer, but let him work with his hands that he may have something to give to those in need. Don't steal as some believers did and they died. For example, Ananias and his wife Sapphira stole God's money and lied to the Holy Spirit and God killed them both. Judas stole God's money and he killed himself. In Malachi we are told of Israel stealing God's tithes and God punished them because tithe belongs to the Lord. Achan stole God's money and he and his family were killed. Some people appropriate Sabbath day for themselves and God punishes them in this life because the Sabbath day is the Lord's day. It is to be used in the service of the Lord exclusively. Oh, they go to work, sir. But when the Sabbath comes, they are sick. Number five, Christian slaves must demonstrate to God and to their masters that they can be totally trusted. Slaves like all Christians must have Christian deportment, disposition and dependability. Thus, the holy life of these Christian slaves would prove to the world the transforming power of the gospel. By their holy life, these Christian slaves would make the teaching of our God and Savior, that is the gospel, attractive and glorious. For example, Philemon was the master of the slave Onesimus, an unbeliever. He became a believer, a brother, a child of God by the ministry of St. Paul, who called him his son, his very heart. He was useless to Philemon because he stole from him and ran away. In Christ he became useful as certified by Paul himself in his epistle to Philemon. 
Friends, let me tell you something. We were all useless to God. To God and people. We were useless. Sinners, wicked, rebellious. But Jesus paid all our debts by his blood. And we have been made useful to God and God's people. Onesimus, by his transformed life, made the gospel attractive. All Christians labor free when they live an obedient life to God. They wear the most beautiful robe of the gospel. This is the qualification required of every Christian boss or an employee or anyone else to witness to the gospel. So live the gospel life to be qualified to share the gospel in the world. In evangelism there must be both aspects. The life and the word. Now listen. The visual and the verbal. Not just the verbal. In your life you live that gospel. Let us watch our life and doctrine. If you don't live out the gospel, our proclamation won't be effectual. A sinning Christian causes the gospel to be despised by the world. James, the Lord's brother, said, Faith without works is dead. A sinning Christian causes God's name to be blasphemed in the world. Brothers, saints, your sin affects the reputation of God, the church, and the pastor. So let us shine as God's lights in the world. And so we read, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and praise your Father in heaven. Or in John 13, a new commandment, I give you love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Holiness of Christian's life will cause the gospel to sparkle as the most precious jewel which it is. Jesus said again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls when he found one of great value. He went away and sold everything he had and bought it. The gospel is the greatest jewel. And we must wear it in terms of our good works to make the gospel attractive to the world. Now the question we must ask is, how can Christian slaves or employees live such a life of great hardship? My answer is by grace. God abounds his grace that we may abound in every good work by grace. And Paul 
to Paul saying our God said my grace is sufficient for you and we read God gives grace to the humble grace that's what we need we need grace and the power of the Holy Spirit to live out that life which God wants me to do so all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose and there are people today living in various parts of the world such terrible life but I believe God's Holy Spirit will help them to live that life by the power of the Holy Spirit Paul and Peter suffered martyrdom by the same power and grace Christian slaves servants, employees would be enabled to work for even unbelieving and harsh masters or bosses stop murmuring and complaining about the boss why don't you show grace as we work hard Without Holy Spirit, none of us can live the Christian life. Slaves were told in Ephesians 6, 5 through 8, they must obey earthly masters. They must obey with fear and trembling. They must obey with a sincere heart. They must obey as they would obey Christ himself. Not as people pleasers, but as servants of Christ himself. They are doing the will of God. They must do so from the heart. They must serve wholeheartedly. As to the Lord, not to man. Knowing whatever good anyone does, he will receive a reward from the Lord. Whether he is slave or free. Suppose they come to you as they came in John 12 to the disciples and they are saying to you, Sirs, we would see Jesus. Well, you can say, Jesus is not here. Jesus died. Jesus rose from the dead. He is not here. He is in heaven. You cannot see him. But that's not the whole truth. Jesus dwells with us. Jesus dwells in us. Jesus dwells in our family. Jesus dwells in our church. He never leaves us. He'll be with us forever. He said, we are the light of the world. So let them see Jesus in our holy life and proclamation of the gospel that they may believe in him and be saved. Why don't you invite them? You want to see Jesus, did you say? Come to my house. See my children. See how we live. See how we love one another. And it is where Jesus is. And then invite them. Come to our church. Did you say you want to see Jesus? Come to our church. You will see him and you will hear him. He is in our church. Whether slaves or masters, employers, employees, older men, older women, younger men, pastors, rich or poor. 
We are all friends, members of God's household, members of the body of Christ. We are heirs of God and joined heirs of Christ. Let us therefore live as children of God, shining as stars in the universe, holding forth the word of life for the salvation of God's elect. And above all, friends, for the glory of God, may we live a life of kingdom order. Friends, the kingdom of God is righteousness and peace. And what else? Joy in the Holy Spirit. No matter what our position and our calling in life is, we are able to live that orderly life of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Heavenly Father, deliver us from complaining and murmuring. Heavenly Father, help us to humble ourselves. Heavenly Father, help us to receive grace from God. We know God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And Jesus said to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. And we read that God abounds grace to us, that we may abound in every good work. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.